What's going on, guys? You are listening to the Next Up Podcast. I am your host, Logan Heckman. And today our guest was Jared Heckman. Yes, he is my older brother. Um, this podcast was a really good one. We, we talked about lots of deep issues that and questions that I had, and he gives some really good answers. So I think you guys are going to like it. Let's go. Jared, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> so what I want to talk about, since I, I don't really get to see you anymore now, since you're li- out living in Madison. So what's it? How's it been working at the Capitol? It's been really nice. Um, I had the benefit of being an intern there for two years prior to getting my current job. So I had a a good deal of experience about what exactly the job required before I moved up to the position I'm at now, because before I was working under somebody, so I had a lot of guidance and kind of was able to see what the expectations were. What was what was your job at first? My so I started out there in college as an intern uh, for Janelle Branchen, who's the representative for you know Menominee Falls area, and. I learned a lot about, you know, what's expected in terms of, uh, you know, weekly communications with your constituents, what's expected in terms of writing press releases, lots of stuff that having to do about answering the questions of people that you represent that call in and then trying to help them out with, with what they're dealing with. And also a lot about the, the legislative process <laughs> itself. Like as an intern, I was given, you know, some bills to handle basically and make sure that you can schedule a hearing for this and get people to testify in favor of it so i did a lot as an intern that i think not a lot of interns do and that really prepared me to be able to run my own office which i'm which is what i'm doing currently so what are so branch off of what are you doing now and and how did you get there so you graduated madison yeah graduated uh from uw madison 2018 uh, with a degree in political science, a bachelor's degree. And what did you, what was it always the plan to become your legislative aide, right? Uh, yeah, legislative aide. Was it always the plan? No, it was not always the plan. What was the plan? The plan was originally to go to law school. Um, that was, I, I switched majors my halfway through my freshman year after a terrible first semester. And after that... Why was it a terrible first semester? Uh, I, I failed a class. <laughs> I failed my, my business calculus class. I was not prepared for that level of math, but that also opened my eyes and, and showed me that yeah. that wasn't exactly what I wanted I, to do. I agree because I've talked about, I've talked about on previous podcasts where I barely studied for an exam, mm-hmm. got a B on it in my anatomy class. I was like, this shit's easy. I could do this. <laughs> I need to study for the next one. I'm like, so this is basically high school all yeah, over again. Yeah. Didn't study for it at all. Took it. I'm like, what the mm-hmm. hell is this? Yeah. I had no idea what it was on it. Got it back. I barely, like, ba- basically failed. I got a 60 on it. Okay. And I'm like, okay, well, here we go. I, I remember sitting down in a classroom by myself. I, I laid back in the chair, put my feet up on a desk. And I was like... So, like, you, you have two paths right now. You can either put your head down and get after after it, mm-hmm. or you can crawl into a little fetal position <laughs> and say, this isn't for me, man. This isn't for me. And, and it's not always for other people, but I just had this passion where I was like, I want to get after it and sure. do this. And once you, like, it's, it was also nice for me because as a nurse, as a <laughs> nursing major, I have a passion for helping people and taking care of people. And that's what I want to do. And that's what drives me in school. Like once you have the passion for something to like, once you have that goal, that makes the work and the studying a lot easier. Yeah. And, and so you labeled the third, the two options, right? As you had, I would like to say that I took a third option where I just kind of gave up where I, I wasn't, I wasn't mentally prepared for college because I feel like I really just coasted through high school where I wasn't really challenged that much. So when I actually faced something that was very difficult, like this class was, I kind of just went off and, and didn't 
didn't really... And wandered. Yeah, didn't really put much effort into it. But I think I took that Like there path. was two paths and you just went into the forest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you look at the forest of the road and I'm just wandering off into the trees out there. But um, it, 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 it realized that I really didn't have a passion for what I wanted to do. And I had just picked my... my well, my first major, I should explain, was, was business. I had no idea what I wanted to do with business. Like I love, I, I, I love my people. Like, what do you go to college for? Business. Yeah, <laughs> that's so yeah. broad. No, it's like, what do you go to college for? Healthcare. What? The <laughs> what? <laughs> like, you no, be yeah. more specific. I, I had no idea. I had zero clue what I wanted to do, and I just thought that I just it was it wasn't quite like throwing a dartboard at a wall and picking that major, but that's yeah. kind of what it felt like. And so after that first semester, I really had to buckle down and figure out what the what the f do I actually yeah. want to do with my life? And I, I, I just, I, I had taken, um, well, no, I don't think I had taken a class at that point. But political science was something that an advisor steered me towards based on my my strengths. And a high school or college? Co- college advisor, I should say. Because uh-huh. um, I, I had did a lot of soul searching that that first winter break, and I was steered in the direction of political science. And and once I started that second semester of freshman year. I never looked back. Uh, also started that second semester freshman year with a 1.4 GPA. Mm-hmm. So I really had no choice to not look back because you couldn't go much <laughs> at that point. I think I was, I was on academic probation for that, 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 that second semester because you have to get above a, a 2 GPA to, to be out of that. So I was in danger of getting kicked out if I, if I didn't get my act together, and, and luckily I was able to. Uh-huh. So... You, you talked about earlier how you did. Did anything come across your mind thinking maybe college isn't for me? Um, that that thought definitely did cross my mind when I said, like when I said that I wasn't quite prepared for yeah. it. Um, I thought maybe this isn't something that I want to do. I considered dropping out and, and joining the military. Um, but I wanted to. I wanted to to go back and. And give it one more shot and try to do things right this time. Pick the right major. Pick the right classes. And actually put in the effort that's necessary to, to succeed. And once, that, once I finished that second semester and came back for that, that first summer, got my, my grades back, I was like, okay, now I know that I can do it and I know where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So that, that thought did cross my mind that first after that first semester, but... Once I gave it a second shot or a second try and actually did it right, I, I never had that thought. If again. Sec, if second semester didn't go as planned, then would you? Um, I I probably it, <laughs> it's it's difficult to say what would have happened because once I fell into my groove, it felt pretty natural. But I'm sure there there could have been many different paths that I would have taken had I not been had I not been able to get my act together. Have you seen that Rocky movie? Uh, quote where it's like he's like life is gonna keep on hitting you and you're gonna like keep on getting knocked down oh is that is that the scene from rocky five where he's talking, talking to his, to his son, son? Yeah, yeah that's a great that's a great scene i like if you if you just listen to that every morning i know it, it's a it's a great thing you to, will have a great day yeah, exactly <laughs> it's i mean you know people people give Sylvester it ain't alone yeah, a lot of he's crap like, he's, like, he's like it ain't about how hard you can hit, hit. It's, it's about, about how, how hard you can, can get hit, hit. And, and keep, keep on going. moving yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, people give Sylvester Stallone a lot of crap as an actor, but I thought that, that scene was done very well. That's the best scene. That's the best. Of... I mean, the obviously the later Rocky <laughs> movies are as good as the first ones, but that yeah. scene itself might be one of the best in the in the series. And it's not it's it's not just about boxing or sports. No, it's it's it, it's the bigger picture. Yeah, you almost feel like in that scene that it's about it, life in general. Yeah, and you almost feel like his son doesn't exist when he's talking to the audience. Yeah. In that scene. Like you can really put yourself yeah. there and feel like feel like he's he's getting on you for that. Yeah. So you know how I've been listening to Joe Rogan a lot mm-hmm. and David Goggins. Joe Rogan was talking about um doing and they both preach on this i think joe rogan kind of got more of it david goggins is doing something each day that you don't want to do because that toughens your mind so much and he was talking about i think jordan peterson was actually talking about this when you do something bad that you know is bad but you're like yeah like i'll just do it so Mm -hmm. it's like basically basically like saying 
Like today, I'll give you an example. I was working out and I hate doing ab workouts because it's at the end of my workout. So I get done with my workout and then I do a set of abs. Yeah. Does anybody really like doing abs? No. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But that's when I'm like, oh, like, dude, just leave. It's a Friday. Yeah. Leave. Yeah. And I'm like, nah. I, I sat there for like 15 minutes just contemplating. And I was, and they were talking about if I would have left, I would not have noticed how detrimental that would have been to my brain and mind. But by me doing that, I still don't know how, I don't know how beneficial that is for my mind yeah. that I did that because it's going to make it next time easier to do that and harder to walk away. But if I did, if I walked away, it would have made it easier to walk yeah, away. I was, gonna, I was going to say that is that once you stop doing things, it makes it easier to not do it the next time. Yep. And that, that whole, that whole kind of idea that you were talking about, about doing something every day that you're uncomfortable with really relates back to the first thing that popped into my mind when you said that is you, have you heard of the strenuous life? No. It's a concept that uh, Teddy Roosevelt uh, tried to like live by and preach where it was that a man and a, a woman, obviously, I mean, but I'm just like using men specifically because that's who he was talking to, was that men should always be improving with something. Like you're never perfect. You, know, you should always be trying to improve some aspect of your life, whether it's your fitness, whether it's your intelligence, whether it's your social skills, whether it's your, you know, whatever. And, and you know, he, he was a big proponent of you should never stop trying to improve yourself because once you stop and once you think that you've gotten there, mm-hmm. that's when you stagnate and that's when something can regress yep. from there too. Yep. <laughs> I mean, th- and, you know, this is the guy that got shot while giving a speech and, and finished his speech. So it obviously has some, some sort of merit to it because he was, he was the type of guy that actually lived it out, I yeah. think. And so, you know, it's not just some, some rando trying to say this, it's... It's somebody you can actually look back on his life and say, yeah, he really did kind of live that out. Yeah. So. Um, there were, uh, I listened to a podcast a couple of weeks ago with Jordan and Joe, and they were talking about how, I think dad kind of falls into this too. We are like, on one day, I'm going to retire. I'm going to go to a beach. I'm going to have them bring me a Mai Tai. And I'm just going to be <laughs> relaxing on the beach. And I was like, well, then what? You, you can't drink like 50 Mai Tais in a day. Then what are you yeah. going to do? Yeah. Well, that's the big, one of the biggest <laughs> problems that you hear from retirees is that they just get bored. Yeah. They, they, they think like, oh, I'm just going to sail off into the sunset. Yeah. I mean, the amount of, the amount of retirees you see working part-time jobs, not because they need the money. Well, some of them yeah. do because they don't say it yeah. for retirement, but some of them who, who are f- financially responsible do it just because they want to get out of the yeah, house. It, and it never stops. That's well, what they were talking. It ne- you will never hit the finish line. Well, because because humans are in, are made to do something. Yes. We're not made to be creatures that just sit around. Yeah. We're made to work. Yes. And that's why if you don't do that, is that you th- you, everything gets thrown out of is that Why is that? Is that through human evolution? Why like, humans are made to work? Yeah. Like why? Look at, you look no farther than the Bible in Genesis. When Adam and Eve get thrown out of the, the Garden of Eden because they eat the fruit, mm-hmm. God says to Adam, he says, you and your offspring will work will work the land for the rest of your lives, basically. And he gives them that task. And he a task or a punishment, however we want to look at it, it can be it can be either or. But he he God creates the conditions where where people have to work and that becomes what we're made to do mm-hmm. at that point. So we are, we're born with this instinct. Yeah. We're born with the instinct and the <laughs> desire to work. And if you don't do that, it's, and it's weird because you would think that instincts just come naturally, but working is not natural. It's not our natural state. We obviously want to take the easiest path, but if you go against that and do work, you will find fulfillment. If you don't do that, you wonder why so many people are, you know, are lost basically these days. It's because they don't work, and that's when you get the, you get some of the bad stuff that comes out of society. Well, taking going along that path, I, I had this question, mm-hmm. and I haven't dug really deep into it, and I just want to get your perspective in. And I've heard lots of people talking about sure should people have pride it depends on it depends on uh 
how you let it affect your life. Because if there's there's two ways that I look at it, and I'm going to use the example of like, let's say that I am good at woodworking and I make like a really nice cabinet, like the one that we have down here in the basement. Really nice. It, I stained it. I sanded it. It looks really good, right? I can be I can take pride in my work and say, hey, I I think that's a really good cabinet. But what, and I think that's fine. But what gets a problem is that when you take that pride and say, I'm better than everybody else who can make a cabinet or I'm better at everybody so is else. It like kind of being arrogant. Yeah. It's, 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 it, and it, the thing is, is that once you like, once you do something and you take pride in what you've accomplished, if it's an actual accomplishment, um, you shouldn't, I think if you, when pride becomes a problem is that if you always revert back to that one thing, you should, okay, you should be like, okay, I did this thing really well. How can I do it better? Or realizing that there's always something that you can do to do it better, and so, but, when, but I think pride in the in a sinful nature is when you don't understand that you can always improve and you think that you're better than everybody else because of what you did. Is that part of the? Um, this can that get kind of tied into the Ten Commandments of? Um, I'm trying to feel, feel, trying to figure out where that can be tied into. Well, I mean, the Bible talks about pride all the time. Pride is one of the most is is described in the Bible as one of the. You know, I mean, it, I don't want to go too much into like the seven deadly sins type deal because I'm not sure how much weight that has, but pride is talked about as one of the most serious sins in the Bible, and it's actually talked about as. It pride. Have you ever heard of the the. Um, the one unforgivable, un, the one unforgivable sin, which is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is basically letting your pride get to you in such a way that you think that you don't need God. So is that kind of like, "Thou shall not take the Lord's name"? And in... no, no that, that's not. That, that's not quite. It doesn't really re- relate to the pride. Really doesn't fit into the Ten Commandments, but pride is one of the most because the ten commandments are more about actions yeah yeah they are about actions and and pride is more of like an an emotional state where and i i I can't remember where in the bible it says this but it says that like god is but more specifically jesus can meet you where you're at in almost every sin except for pride because pride is the one sin where you will never turn and accept him pride is one of the most dangerous things for human beings in terms of like their spirituality is because it's the, it's the one thing where you you value yourself above god basically and that's kind of valuing other things in the world too yeah worldliness yeah. which is another dangerous thing yeah i get i get uh daily bible verses every morning to start off my day is that from day. uh that happened to be from john piper no, it's just called the Did, Bible app. Oh, okay. Because I, I, I get John Piper's, like, Desiring God. I listen to Oswald Chambers every morning, too. Okay, like a, yeah. Like, three-little-minute clip. Yeah. I mean, that's a... They, you got to really dig deep into that, too. Cause sure. Very, but these little Bible verses, it said something about... Something about worshiping things in the world. I'm like, what, what the hell? Like, what the hell? And then I dug deeper into it and understand, oh, that's what I get now. And it's kind of like... It's kind of like how money has become the motivation. Yeah, and it's actually my my church had a recent sermon on this is that you can tell what has your value or like what you value based on what you give your attention to. Mm-hmm. And you should you should, you know, actually try to deliberately give attention to things that are good in value like God, like other people. Yeah. But but you, you see a lot of people always worrying about how much is in their bank account. What they have, and then like that kind of ties into Mike's message of what happens when your foundation breaks. Yeah. What do you have your foundation as? Yeah. Is it your body? Is it how much money you have? What happens when that crumbles? Yeah. What do you do? You collapse. But if your foundation is everlasting and never changing, you don't have to worry about it. I mean, if you like your foundation, like you said, is in your body, your body will wither away, or it could have like this catastrophic injury. If your foundation is in your your bank, your your bank account, 
well, you could spend your money terribly, and or not, something could happen that would that would drain that. And too. I'm not saying that you shouldn't care about your body and you shouldn't care about your finances. I'm yeah. not saying that. Uh, yeah, I'm saying that that shouldn't be. It's just it's it's so hard every day, and I'm just have been battling with this a lot. Just saying, okay, what is my target today? Mm-hmm. Who am I working for? Am I working for myself? Or am I working for God today? It's hard to remind yourself that every day. I think when I've I've wandered in my relationship a lot. Sure. I've, I've and, I think everybody does. Yeah, and it's it's hard. I think the thing that can really solidify your relationship is just by praying. Oh yeah, I mean that's because that's <laughs> it's like that and reading the Bible because you can't have a relationship with somebody if you don't know them. Yeah, and would, the best way to know God is to read it, to read His Word and pray. I would even argue that prayer is the most valuable because well, sure. it's like it's like it's like well, when reading, it's like I compare I compare this to uh, a phone call versus texting. I'm not saying that the Bible. I mean, I'm kind of like giving like a like a comparison. No, I I know what you're saying. When you actually yeah. have that holy time where you can express yourselves and just let it all out Mm -hmm. and i think the bible is more like a person can be very knowledgeable about the word and and about the bible but can just be an awful person well yeah i mean you you look at you look at um professors who study you know christianity but then aren't christians themselves very knowledgeable about what the bible says but don't don't believe it and i wanted to go back to your point about you know your foundation and how to how to have focus your mindset and a good way that I've found with this is that to realize that everything that you have is basically like being loaned out from God. Your body is not your own. It was created by him. Your, your finances are the way that they are because he has blessed you with them. All these things in your life are not yours. You're stewarding them. Okay. That, that's what our, that's what, that's what our, our I think I think you know where this is getting tied into sure because I'm gonna ask you it again okay so my friend um, sent me this picture and the picture was like God knew what you were gonna wear next day yeah God knew who you were gonna marry <laughs> yeah and God knew this and I'm like hmm this and they got me thinking because I, I never <clears throat> I never really thought deeply about this mm-hmm. does god plan everything out for so we I, we've had this conversation before and mm-hmm. we've gotten into it and i i just want to tell you where i'm at with it sure so for people listening it's i was i questioned jared about this with god's plan for everyone and i i was i first questioned interpreting it, it as god has planned out everyone's future and I'm like, well, if he planned out everyone's future, doesn't he know who's going to go to heaven and who's going to go to hell? Then what's the point of life? Mm-hmm. If if every, if this is just all predestined. But I, you brought up the point of free will. Yeah. And so I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. It's like, is it 50-50 where he gives us the free will, but he knows what we're going to do? Yeah, so the 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 debate that you and I have been engaged in is not new. It's actually gone back hundreds and hundreds of With years. With like Calvinism. Calvinism yeah. versus what's called Arminianism. Yeah, yeah, Arminianism. Which is basically everything I looked, else yeah, besides I found, like Calvinism. Yeah. Um, and so the way that I view it is that God gave us all free will to do whatever we want. Does that Does this mean that everyone has the opportunity well, what, do you, what opportunity to do what? To go to heaven. Yes. Because once you... I should say everybody has the opportunity to go to heaven if they know the gospel. Because once you hear the gospel, that's like your, your calling. You've been called at that point. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's why it's our job to go out and share the gospel so that we can give people that opportunity. But God knows who's going to deny. Yes. 100%. So then that's where I get to the point where is everything predestined? No, it's not. Because if, if, if everything was predestined, 
God would in you know before even creating time would say, <laughs> "Okay, Logan, I know that you're going to accept me, so therefore I'm going to make sure that you hear the gospel." But, you know, Johnny over here, I'm going to know that you're not going to accept me, so I'm going to make sure that you never hear the gospel and you never get the opportunity to do that and you're just a waste of time so basically. he doesn't control the way he basically we have the free will yes but he knows what we're thinking and what's going on in our mind of course so that's where i'm i'm kind of i've i've gotten to this like thing where it's like a video game that he's just like playing a video game with us and he's like okay well i know you're gonna do a spin move like in five seconds i wouldn't i wouldn't say that it's a video game because video game you're still somebody's still controlling the character yeah I'd say that it's more like God's watching a movie and he's seen the movie before. Mm -hmm. So he knows everything that we're going to do. Like he knows it. Yeah. Like that's a good way because God exists outside of time. That is a good way of putting it. God exists outside of time. Right. Because we, we experience as humans, we experience time linearly, linearly, which is second by second, minute by minute. Yeah. But God sees everything all at once for the entire existence going back and the entire existence going future, God's seen this all before and he's seeing it. He sees it. it it's kind of hard to understand yeah. being outside of time. And, it's basically seeing the entire we're past, not supposed, present. And, we're not supposed to understand You're not it. supposed to understand it, but it's basically seeing the entire past, present, and future all at once. Yeah. So God has seen the movie of your life before mm-hmm. and he knows that, oh, on this day, Logan chooses to do this, 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 and this. I've seen this before. I know how this is going to play but out. But he let us make that decision. Of course. Boom. Just and like... That's, that's, all, that's yeah. all I want to get because that's all yeah. my brain can yeah. take just right like, now. Just like how... <laughs> You know, audiences at a movie let the director make his own decisions. Uh-huh. Yeah, God lets us make us own decisions, but He's like, "Oh, I know what the what the outcome is going to be yeah. because I've seen it." Yeah, it's like it's like it's like for example, Star Wars. You're like you you know Anakin's gonna go over to the dark side, but Anakin's making that decision. In yeah, the movie. yeah, it, yeah. It's like watching Revenge of the Sith a second time. Yes, you know that Anakin's gonna eventually go to the dark side, and, he's and you're gonna, like, no. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you're like, come on, man, why yeah, are you doing this? but he's this? making the decision. It's so obvious for us, because yeah. we're outside of yes, it. It's just like, yes. it's so obvious for yes. God, because he's outside of it. But for us, we're so contained in our own, you know, temporal restrictions of being just human beings that we can't see the bigger picture all the time. Yeah, and one thing I, because I told you I've been taking deep thought into lots of things I do in life, and yeah. I've been t- taking, like, deep thinking before I speak. Yeah. So I've been trying to um, understand the things. No, I've been trying to. Why asking myself? Why do I believe this? Mm-hmm. And I've done it with my faith. I've done it with life. I've done it with work. I've done it with uh, social. Uh, the. It's kind of like just uh, how I interact with people socially, and just like why do why am I doing this right now? Mm-hmm. And I'm not questioning, like saying, "Oh, well, I'm doing something wrong." Why am I? Do-? I'm just wondering why am I doing this, and why am I thinking like this? And I think the hardest thing is that sometimes people are fed, like the thing I send you. People are fed these ideas that they don't even believe themselves, and because like, I'm not, someone will say something. I'm, and this is a, this is a real life example. Okay, I'm not gonna bring up the specifics. Someone said something. I said, "Why do you think that?" I said, "Because my parents told me." Yeah. You haven't even dug deep into why. Yeah, and and so there's there's two things about this. Is that number one, people don't always act rationally, so there's not an explanation for why they do the things they do. Not, I mean, I'm not saying this is every single time, but there's lots of times where people just don't act <coughs> rationally. And number two is that if you don't know why you believe the things that you believe in, you don't truly believe in them. Yeah. You're just like regurgitating what somebody else has that's told how, you. That's how I felt with my yeah. faith. And you don't, you don't, you don't, it's it's very surface level. And if somebody digs a little yes. deeper, they find that nothing is below yes. that. So, because I, I brought up the point, people get these tattoos of these Bible verses. Oh, That boy. makes me so mad. And probably have never even owned a Bible, picked up a Bible, or opened up a Bible, or, or as sure as hell their actions don't. You know, you know what's the most annoying thing for me is how people take the verse Philippians four thirteen out of context. 
<laughs> what do you mean by that? Okay, so people take I can do all things through. So they're saying I can jump finger. off a three hundred well, foot building and survive. So people because I have God on my side. And, well, it's like no, it's like. Hey man, I can go out and make a billion dollars because Christ. Yeah. It's like no people realize that the Bible is not just like that. The Bible is not just a collection of verses that are sayings. It's they're all part of a greater context, and the verses before Philippians four thirteen are talking about specific things having to do with evangelism. And dude, if you if you get the Bible verse Philippians four thirteen tatted on you, it's just hold like, on, let me. I wanna I wanna show you how wrong people get this. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look up the context of Philippians four. I wish we had. I wish I had like a Jamie, Brian O'Connor was at, was gonna be my Jamie. Where we could just look at <laughs> something. I'd be Brian. Look this up. That's awesome. Yeah, I you mean, know, it, like, it's 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 good because you know. You know what I'm talking about with like, yeah. Where he's like, look this up. Yeah. So okay, l- l- this is this is starting at Philippians 10. Okay, and it's called thanks for their gifts, and this is Paul writing. He says, "I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content." Whatever the circumstances, I know what is to be in need, and I know what is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who strengthens me. So it's basically saying, whatever life throws at me, I can do it because I have... No, it's whatever life throws at me, I can be content in it. Yes. Because Christ strengthens me. Yeah, that's me. what I'm saying. Yeah. That is not what people take that verse yeah. to mean. Yeah. <laughs> because they think, they think, oh, well, I got this tattooed on my rib. Let's go out here. And like, let... Well, I mean, it's it's Let's it's go funny. to Vegas. <laughs> it's funny because people take that verse to be exactly the opposite. Paul talks about being content in every situation because Christ strengthens them. People use that verse as motivation yeah. to not be content yeah, in well, what life gives them. I just what I wanted where I wanted to go with this is how dangerous is this where where people think that the Twitter life and the, the social media, oh, I got this amount of likes on my picture. That's real life. Well, no, it's not. No, it's not because I mean I think I think the biggest thing is that what what happens with social media is that it takes a very small portion of what life is and it magnifies it to a huge degree. Yeah. Where like you go on Instagram and you see people traveling to like Greece and like Tahiti and all these nice places around the world. What you don't see is them going in debt because all they do is travel <laughs> and don't work. But as long as I can get a picture of me standing, you know, like in like crystal blue water for Instagram, like blue ass water. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Cody Co. Yeah, Cody Co. As long as I can get a picture of me in blue ass water to post on Instagram, who cares? I'm in crippling debt. <laughs> I want others to be jealous of me. Create Tyler. <laughs> Yeah, but it's so bad because people, number one, don't realize that people are killing themselves, not physically, not like in a literal sense, to, to, to try to be Instagram famous. Or if they can't actually afford to do the things that they do on Instagram, they don't see all the work that goes in behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, another thing going off of that is nobody posts a bad picture of themselves. Exactly. And that's another thing is that. Social media is incredibly filtered. Yeah. It's filtered to be only the best experiences of your life 100% of the time. So if you're looking at somebody else's page and they only have the absolute best experiences of their life on there, Uh you start to think that their entire life is only those best experiences and you're looking at yourself like, hey, my boss just yelled at me today or I got into a fight with my, my girlfriend or like my dog died or something. And you're like, my life sucks. Yeah. Because... Look at them. They're they're just they're just in Greece all the time. It's the blue ass water. But here I am sitting, you know, in you know, small town wherever, having so, to work all day. And you get a really warped perception about what life is. What what do you think would happen to social media if we took all the likes away and we took all the filters? You can't use a filter and you can't look at the well, lights. Well, when I said filter, I meant like... I'm sa- I'm talking about you can't edit pictures. You can't edit pictures. Well, that would be interesting because I guarantee you that that water would not look like <laughs> yes. in real life. Yes. So, and just some food. <laughs> I guarantee you that water doesn't look that good. And second, I guarantee that you don't look that good yeah. all the time either. Uh-huh. Um, 
but if you took away the likes and you took away the filters, I think that that wouldn't really matter much. Okay, because there's, there's there's two types of perspectives. There's the there's the person that's posting and the person that's viewing, right? Mm-hmm. The person that's posting is doing it for the likes and for the exposure. The person that's viewing doesn't really care about the likes, I don't think. Because the person that's just viewing it is looking at what that picture is saying. You know? Like, if the person that's viewing it is looking at the picture of that person in Greece, in the, in the blue-ass water, and they're thinking, why can't I be there? They don't care about what the, what the like is. They just want that experience. But if you took away the likes, it would definitely affect the person who is posting it more than the person that's viewing it. And you'd still have the problem of the masses yeah. looking at this and saying, why can't I have that? And I think it's so fake, too, because like, you'll see this is more common in girls where they'll, they'll comment. Like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful, and then they'll like turn the corner and be like, no, I hate her so much, you know. Well, if you ever heard, but I love you ever, you ever her. heard the you ever heard the saying that you can tell you can tell who girls hate by who they compliment. You can tell who guys like by who they insult. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. Girls will hate whoever they compliment, and guys love whoever they insult. Why no, it, it's not, it's not, it's not, you know, 100%. Don't take time. it, don't take it, like, Don't yeah. take it extremely literally, but it's a, it's a good measure. Yeah, it for, makes you for, think. For, like, general, because it, that is true, that men and women interact with each other very differently. Yeah. And you'll hear a lot that, a lot of the times that girls get the harshest criticism from other women. Yeah. Then, not from men. They, they, well, I think the same could go for friendships, too, because, like, with guys, like, I'm able to, like, go in on my best friends of course but they know i could take it they, yeah they know that i can take it and they know that they can take it but you would never do that with your girlfriend type true, thing it's, it's because men and women are completely different and anyone who tries to tell you otherwise is lying well i mean or willfully ignorant yeah i mean i like to joke around with girls too yeah but there's but there's 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 a difference yeah you know there's a difference in in <laughs> in in the intensity and what the intent and how it's received is yeah you know because men and women interact with each other very differently well that's a they were saying that maybe men and women shouldn't even work together i wouldn't i wouldn't go that yeah, far would i i mean that that's that's with seemed... all these like that that who's that governor said he's not gonna be in a room now with another woman unless no, his wife no, is there or no that that's that's a different... is that just because of the sexual assault well that that's mike pence who oh really that. and no there's another dude who said it too no, I think it was, well, at least it was Mike Pence who first brought it who up. Who started it. But his thing was that I'm never going to go out to dinner alone with a woman because of what that can lead to. This dude said that he's not going to be in a room. And then he didn't say dinner. He took it to another level. I think that's what. Well, I, I, I don't think that's very productive. Yeah. <laughs> with your, with your, you know, with our, our, how the work culture is today. Yeah. But there are, there are like, there are Wall Street companies this is true. You Wall Street companies that are not hiring m- many women anymore because they're tired of getting these sexual harassment. Did you see that complaints. Netflix? Or I think it's Netflix. You can't have eye contact with someone of the opposite sex for longer than five seconds. Is that what they said? Yeah, it's, I, I looked it up. It's true. Did you really? If you look at someone, you have to like look away and then look back at them. Well, I mean, there. Uh, there's like signs of social interaction with like what's too much eye contact, but yeah. I don't think it's as steadfast a rule as five seconds. And it's definitely not like implying like sexual harassment if you do it for longer. Because eye contact is showing that you are interested in what the person's saying. Yeah. But if like there's a difference between me looking at you for like a, f- a couple seconds, blinking and looking away and looking back at you instead of me just staring at you yeah. like, intently right, well, for like 20 me. seconds well, for not, for not yeah. you know, it's, there's a very, yeah. there's, there's a huge difference there. Well, one thing that I wanted to talk about too is you're very good at speak. Like uh, this is such an easy conversation. Well, and it like, goes same for you. Sometimes it's hard to talk to some people. Sure. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> last podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, it does help because I, I number one, I forget that we're recording. Yes. And two, I've I've been on I've That's I had my I, own radio show for yes. for a, a year or so. Well, getting into my what I'm going to say, but I just want to say this first. I want to get a, if I could do my dream right now would be just to get like a mini studio, not even a studio, just a room. Yeah. Okay? Just a have a desk. 
just give me some headphones that I can talk into. Have me have a mic right in, yeah. right in front of me, yeah. and I can just talk to this person. Because I feel like when you put on the headphones, you shut everything out. Mm-hmm. All you can hear is that person talking. Yeah, you, you can know? only hear what the mic picks up. Yes, and so, I want to. I want. Yeah. I mean, I have my phone out right now so I can scroll through the outline. Sure. But I want to get to a point where we set the phones down and we can't look at each other right now. Like that, I mean, we can't look at our phones. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it works because we're in the basement right now, so a lot of what's going on around us is is blocked out. Um, but yeah, that I, and but that's the same. What you said is the key to like really any positive social interaction is blocking out what's around you and actually showing that you're focusing on what the person is saying, because that's when like you actually make them feel valued and you yeah. make what that what they're saying means something. I've noticed this at work. Mm-hmm. There's, um, okay, there's a guy, I have a coworker. Sure. He, uh, who shall remain nameless. Yes. Yeah. He, I, I try every day to loosen him up and I just can't. He's so awkward and he can't hold a conversation. Yeah. And, he never had much social interaction growing up in his mm-hmm. life. I know that for a fact, cause, um, yeah, he. But I'm just wondering, is, and I like talk like, uh, talking to I've, working with older adults. I've learned, and that's part of the reason why I started this podcast, so I could get better at talking with people and interacting sure. with yeah. people and just getting past that awkward stage and just going like and just having a fluid conversation and not thinking about, oh, what am I going to say next? Yeah, but it yeah. just flows. Yeah, well, the two best things for making conversation with... Well, actually, the... I, I, well, first, let me get into my, yeah, yeah, my go point. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Is, is, there a, is there a problem, like, coming on that with technology that we're just all going to look down on our phones now and talk to people instead of looking at one another and is that is that the reason why people like kids my age suck at talking to people sure yeah well first off i want to say that that while you might think that this is awkward trying to talk to that that co-worker i guarantee you that he appreciates that way more than you could ever realize you think 100 percent. or do you think he's like going through his mind oh just stop talking to me no no i guarantee you because here's the thing humans are social creatures we need interaction, yes. whether we understand it or not. Yes. So I guarantee you that that guy appreciates it way more than you could ever imagine. Because he probably doesn't get that very often. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that's very admirable that you that you make it a point to do that. And the second thing... It's like, well, what's fun with work where you just don't talk with your coworkers? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like... It's boring. Yeah, I mean... It's it's talk boring. To me. Let's talk about some stuff. You, you know? might as well do it because if you don't talk to your coworkers, you might as well be in a cubicle somewhere. Yes, exactly. You know? Where it's like sensory deprivation, you can only do work. That's what it is. If you don't, yeah. I'm like, dude, let's yeah. like have let's talk. What, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, and and another way to look at it is that social interaction is just like any like muscle in our body. You have to train it to get stronger and to understand how to use it. Whereas, if you don't talk to people face to face. You're not going to know how to do it because mm-hmm. it's it doesn't talking to people in a in a in a and having like a well flowing conversation is not natural to people. You have to learn how to do it. Yeah, that's why it's hard to have a conversation with like a little we're kid. At, we're at forty three minutes right now. Yeah, it feels, what, like, I was, we, it feels like we were just at like two minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like that's why it's hard to have a conversation with a little kid. Yeah, because they don't quite know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and the, the 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 ebb and flow and the give and take that comes from conversation, and so it's something that you have to do constantly to be able to be good at it. And but there's also some tricks that you that you can learn to make it to make it easier. <coughs> is that like the the number one thing to help conversations that people love talking about themselves. They love talking about themselves and the Boom. things that they you like. You hit that on the nail. So if you ever, I mean, if you ever want to talk to on somebody, on the head of the nail, you yeah, hit that. Yeah, if you ever want to talk to somebody, you go find out what you go find out what they like, and you ask questions that'll get them talking yeah. about yourself. And like, how's your weekend? How's your day going? What are yeah. you doing? But then I was just gonna say that can get too much because then they ramble on and on about themselves and don't ask about you at all. True, but and I that, think I think. But that's why it's, that's why conversation and well, like having social interactions is a two way street. 
because you have yep. to understand yep. the give and the take. Yep. I was just going to say that. I think the most uh, important aspect of a conversation isn't talking. I think it's listening. Oh, of course. I think if you don't listen, because you can tell when someone is talking and they're thinking, like when they cut uh, uh, like they want to just can't wait for you to yeah, finish your sentence. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. It's I'm like, like, did it's you like, even listen to what I had yeah, to say? Yeah, it's like when you, when people do that, it's like, hey, you shut up. I have something more. Yeah, yeah, to say. yeah. So like, I really, I'm gonna, and and when when you're when you're in that mindset where you can't wait to jump into something, you're not thinking about what they're yeah. what they're saying. You're thinking about how what how what you're gonna say. Yes. So it you know it's 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 something where you, it's it's, it's frustrating. It is frustrating. And, and and when you bring up something and then they're like. Well, well, what about this about me? I, let's turn what you said and let's flip it back to myself because I want to yeah. talk about me some more. Yeah, but and then again, that's where that's where both people have to be well in tune into what the what that specific conversation calls for. Because if it's one person just constantly asking questions about you, it, it can feel like an interrogation. Yeah. But then again, if you go the opposite way and one person is only talking about themselves, it feels like a monologue that nobody really wants to listen yeah. to. A good example of this is dad with that guy at dicks yeah and it, i mean and that's another thing is that again when people don't really have those conversations often they can't really tell when somebody's trying to exit a mm-hmm. conversation yep. or when that to, is the worst yeah when so, like when you're trying i'm to, good at that i'm yeah. good at no I'm, I'm not good at rambling i'm good at like sensing okay this person's wanting to get on yeah because <laughs> because and it, it's all about being socially aware uh-huh. and how to read other people which again only comes yeah. from experience so if somebody doesn't have that experience yep. they can't tell when somebody's trying to mm-hmm. exit a conversation and to do so respectfully without just saying without just like walking away mm-hmm. i i didn't tell you this kevin and i stayed like we stayed like four or five minutes after our, our clock out time because we were just having a conversation we're like whoa like geez why are we staying here we got yeah. we got to leave. Yeah, you know? exactly. And 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 that that that's that's a good situation where one where you <coughs> you're so engaged in what the person's saying that you don't keep track of other things going around you. Mm-hmm. But you both also know when to cut that off because you do have lives outside of work. Yeah, you know. I I, I cut it every day. I say, have a good. I say, see you tomorrow. Have a nice day. You know. Yeah, and and you sometimes don't. sometimes like I, I want. to like talk about that 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 interaction we had last night at Dick's, where it's okay to make conversation with people if you don't like they. Well, let's 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 our, our our listeners don't know the what happened. Well, yeah. Well, I'm I'm, I'm just <laughs> tell telling, tell them what happened first. So I mean, I don't I don't want to nag on this random guy too much, but because you don't know what's going. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in his life, but I, I you can pick up on these things if you understand what social interaction means, and it's it's all about. It basically, when someone was trying to exit, this guy didn't understand that dad was trying to exit the conversation and just kept going and going and going and going. Uh-huh. So, and that's that's something that is important where you don't want to make somebody resent talking to you because then they feel that they're trapped whenever they <coughs> do it. You want to make sure that somebody comes back and yeah. wants to talk to you, yep. and that is letting them go when they want to go. Mm-hmm. And, dude... I'm a, it goes back to what we talked about in the first part, first part of the podcast. Doing something that you don't like. I did not like talking to people. Yeah. Like I, I, the language I would use with my friends is so different than the language I use with strangers. Yeah. You know, and I'm trying to use the language I use with strangers, the same language I use with my friends. I don't want to speak two different. I want to be consistent. Yeah. In the way I speak, of I want to be consistent, and that goes deeper and consistent in who I am, and not change. Well, if I'm with this group, I'm going to be this person. If I'm with this group, I'm going to be this person. I don't want to change. I want to be who Logan Heckman is. Yeah, and it, because <laughs> if you try to be who you're not, you're you you're yes. Because there's two different versions of you, and one of them's fake. Yeah, I would always try to be when when I'm talking with adults. Oh, very very prim and proper Logan Heckman. Yes. Yeah. And I found I found an equal balance where my fun self and my proper self. Yeah. I found that and balance. obviously there's situations where you want to lean more one way than the other. Yeah. You know, like when you're like in a job <laughs> interview, you don't want to be saying like, "Oh, what's up, bro?" Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> how how y'all doing? Yeah. Today? You know. But when you're with like your friends and you're out like partying or whatever, you want to be like. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you do? Yeah. You know, it, it's all about 
you you want to maintain consistency in who you are as a person, uh-huh. but you also want to be able to read the room. Be aware of your environment. Be aware of your social surroundings. Yes. So, but, but I think I think you you understand that very well, and I think you do that well as well. Yeah, I'm not saying that you have to be like monotone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because nothing in life, especially when interacting with other people, is cut and dry. Yes. It never is. Yeah. There's always unknowns that that pop up. Yeah, I agree. Have you? I mean, I'm sure you've gotten really good at talking to people working at the Capitol. Oh, of course. It's, it's, that's, that's, I want to say that's about three quarters of my job is talking to other people, whether it's face-to-face interaction over phone or over email. And I do think that email, how, knowing how to like write an email and convey your thoughts that way is very important uh-huh. too. Now, you are a Christian. Yes. You are a conservative. Correct. Now, let me ask you this. What if you were raised in a liberal secular household Mm -hmm. would you be uh would you be that it's hard to say because we as humans are very much products of our environment Mm -hmm. and and the people that we surround ourselves with have a greater impact on us than we can ever know because we emulate whoever we're around naturally that's just what people do so if you grow up in like a liberal secular household you're definitely more, you're, you will tend to be liberal and secular when you grow up, you know, that, that's, and, and that's a thing about why Christian conservative kids can turn liberal and secular when they go to college, because they're (coughs) only hanging around with liberal and secular people. Yeah. So you start to identify with them. That is a great point, because you see these kids from private schools come to public schools. Yes. And just hit the fan, dude. That's why. They go downhill they turn into drug addicts see damn what the word that's why you were this that's why the people that you surround yourself with and before we get this i'm not saying just because you go to a private school you're gonna no. hit the fan i'm not saying no i'm not and i'm not saying that like you can be secular and a conservative i'm not saying that yeah, they're not they're not one in the same yeah but you see this it's most just, often with christian conservative i'm kids just going to i'm college. just going i'm I'm saying if you were the this is I'm just yeah. putting out the opposite. Yeah. If you course. were raised in a secular, I would say I would say and you, I would say well, what if you were raised in a Christian? Yeah. I'm not saying. Yeah. Yeah, and you and, get what I'm. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but the thing is, is that people who you surround yourself with influence you more than you can ever know, and it's subliminal. It's not overt. That's why. You, that's why these things that we talked about happen, where people can change so dramatically. How did this happen? This kid was a. Like, like yeah. how, like parents say, who is my kid that's coming over from college? It's because there's nobody at college that's like, that's like your kid mm-hmm. or they're not hanging out with those people. And the other thing is that I think that like people in. It's like that you changed. You yeah. Changed, bro. Yeah. yeah. Changed, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's because the people that you surround yourself with changed. Do you think, and, I heard this thing where it's like the top five people in your environment are combined make you up. Of course. Yeah. How much you think is biological and how much you think is environmental? In in terms of who we are as people? Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's some biological impact in terms of, like, your chemical balances in your brain and, and how... And I, I'm not... I'm not a... I'm, I should preface this by saying that I'm not a sociologist. This is just what you think. This is just what I think yeah. and, what, and what You're I, not saying this is a fact. Yeah. And, well, some of it... Some of it is stuff that I have read. And some of it is just common sense. Whereas, obviously, there's some biological impact with how your brain processes things and how you do that end but a tremendous amount is is environmental mm-hmm. a tremendous amount. i'm not the same person who i was in high school yeah of I'll course you because that. your environment changes yeah and what i find funny now isn't the same what i found funny in high of school course. I, of course <laughs> yeah and people change like people change just based on their environment you're not in high school anymore so you're not a high schooler mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah yeah, and and so it, it again you have to surround yourself with people that you want to influence you in a positive manner, otherwise, otherwise you're at the mercy of wh- whatever they whatever those people are basically, yeah. and I think that's something that 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 when you talk about like Christian conservative parents don't do well so they don't prepare their kids for the real world, yeah. and that's when they it's fall into these, that's when they fall into these traps of well. You, they're surrounded by liberal secular people and they don't understand what to do. So they become like that. They shelter them. Of course. It's like, yeah, it's like, well, this is this whole entire conversation 
has been tied back to what, like, it's all revolving around this conversation. It goes back to doing something that you don't want to do. You yeah. don't want your kids to suffer in life, but that's what they need to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They need to suffer so that they know the meaning of life. Yeah, it's just like, it's just like, you know, how, how do you build muscle? By, by tearing yes. it, basically. Yeah. So and, that's a great point. And if you if you, and the same thing is is like your character and, and who who you are in life. Whereas if someone who hasn't worked out in their entire life tries to bench press five hundred pounds, they're gonna fail, right? Yeah. But you can bench press five hundred pounds if you work up to that point and you tear that muscle enough, go through that pain to the point where you can do that. Same where if like if you are a shelter and that's just an example. Most people can I mean, will never bench five hundred. Well, yeah, well, I mean, I mean yeah. maybe five hundred is, is a bit much, but like I, I don't know, like two hundred. Two hundred, yes. I just went for like the extreme. That that is true. But like if you're like a sheltered kid and your parents are trying to protect you and insulate you from the from the from the the, the, the evils of the world, basically. It's so stupid. Yeah, you're gonna go out there, and the same thing happens with with kids in college. You get sheltered in college. They go to the work environment where nobody cares what you feel dude all that, all that matters is what you can provide to the company yeah. and then they break because they're not trained for you that you only got four years of college buddy you better start planning on what you're gonna do after because once those four years up you can't go back yeah and let yeah. me tell you let me go back to college hold on let me tell you this too is that professors and like tas only care about what you have to say because they're paid to care like explain that like like professors, oh yeah, 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 yeah. like coddle yeah. you and like affirm your yeah. beliefs because they're paid to yeah, they're do that. Pay, you're getting, you're getting, I'm getting paid, a check, it doesn't matter. You're getting yeah. a check for it. When you go into the real world and your boss is not getting paid yep. to handle your feelings, they do not care. Yeah, and that's why going back to the Christian conservative or liberal secular. Yeah, it's that's that's what. Okay, I'm like I'm the same as you. Yeah. It makes me think, okay, well, now, why am I believing this? And I think if you live by the truth and live by the facts, mm-hmm. that will guide you in life, and that's all that matters in life. And I think, once again, going back, when you lie to yourself and say, yep, I don't need to do this app workout, mm-hmm. it all goes back. I think if you live by the truth and saying, I need to do this. I don't want to do this, but I need to for myself and for my mind, and you do it, you're going to walk out with a much better reward than you leaving by not doing it. Exactly. And, like, it's it's the whole goes back to the old saying that, you know, nothing in life that's worth gaining is easy to get, basically. Mm-hmm. All the sweetest things in life are the things you have to work for, you know. And if you get those things in life that you don't work for, they're cheap and you didn't earn it. It's like how people who get weight loss via liposuction <laughs> always it's it's some crazy percentage. Right it's back. like ninety percent of people that get liposuction, people are gonna probably quote me on this and it's not true, but like an insane percentage of people we'll that get We'll take your lipo- word for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, insane, fact check. yeah, an insane percent of people that get liposuction <laughs> are like check Yeah, exactly. They're obese in yeah. like a few years. Whereas people that do the work to change their lifestyle, the hard stuff of dieting, of exercising, of going off the foods that are bad for you, those people have a much yeah. better chance of not relapsing into that. And going back to that, it's the people watching you suffer They're like, and get the rewards. They're like, oh, man, I can't, I can't do that. Or, or they try to tear you down saying, no, dude, stop successing because I'm cynical and I, I'm depressed and I don't yeah. want to see other people succeed. Yeah, it's because I'm it's nihilistic. Be- yeah, there's two <laughs> things because of that either that they don't see the work that you put in behind the scenes and they only see the results. and they Instagram. And, yeah, Instagram where they get depressed and they don't want to do it themselves or they don't have the motivation to put in the work themselves. Well, and so they're jealous and envious, I should say envious of people that do put in the work. Yeah, I'm going to end this podcast with last last thing I'm going to say. And I'll get your intake of this. Sure. Goggins said, motivation is bullshit. People who are driven are driven every day. He said, motivation goes, comes and goes. But if people who are driven, they'll never stop. And he talked about how in his he'll wake up at 3, 4, four or 5 or whatever. I forgot okay. what he was. He'll see that's raining, snowing, whatever. yeah. yeah. 
he's he's I'm, this is what he's saying. It's like F Goggins. That looks like hell, but I gotta go and do this. Yeah. You got people depending yeah. on you. Like yeah. you gotta do this, man. You gotta do this for yourself. And I, it's just the way you talk to yourself. If you talk to yourself, you can't do it. I think the mind is so powerful, mm-hmm. and it, it can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. If you want to talk to yourself power positive, do it. If you talk to yourself negative it's so easy it's so hard to talk to yourself positive of course so easy to quit yeah and and there's two things in this number one the mind drives everything else in the body yep two is what you said about motivation is bs it's the difference between motivation and drive because drive is like you said a constant and i think that drive is how you receive motivation and how you interpret that mm-hmm. because somebody who's driven and somebody who's not can listen to the same motivational like youtube video and get completely different things out of it mm-hmm. somebody that's driven will be like that's perfect that's great i'm going to take that and i'm going to go with it somebody who's not driven will look at that and say i can't i can't achieve that basically so yeah you're right i think i think or i should say that you and goggins are right in the way that they interpret that because it's all about how you perceive and um, internalize the things that you that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, dude, it's been an hour. <laughs> it has not felt like an it hour. It has not felt like an hour. But thanks for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me on. It was a blast, and I'll come back anytime yeah. you want me to. Hopefully. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for listening. Peace. Revolution.